Hi everyone and welcome to episode 36 of Shaman Talk. My name is Rhonda and I'm your host. And this week I've been giving a lot of thought to blame. And with blame in my life right now, it has caused some quite interesting upsets. But it's very... I would hesitate to say hidden, but I would say it's so culturally ingrained in how we act in our family that it's very it was very hard for me to see it as anything other than just how you are and just how you how you act when things go wrong and when stress comes to comes to town and obviously at this time we're all pretty stressed in one way or another um what I've found is that it's coming and going so sometimes I'm doing really well and other times I'm feeling pretty pretty stressed but what I noticed this week is that what is my first thought when things go wrong and I guess what I realised was that I'm immediately trying to figure out who was at fault and that's the environment I grew up in you know who was to blame it was you it was you you know, if somebody left the stove on too long and the meals burnt, it's because we were too loud or, um, you know, can this, there was an, a reason other than yourself for that. Or, you know, you're walking down the street and you fall on some leaves and it's the it's the council's fault because they didn't clean the leaves up. Or you're on your way out the door and the cat escapes and now you're late, so it's the cat's fault. So... I just, yeah, I just spent a long time thinking about it and I spent a long time feeling my way into the, the the feeling of blame and what that really feels like. What it feels like to be blamed, what it feels like to blame and the second thing that I realise is that if I have, if, I'm, if I have feelings of blame externally then there must be internal feelings of blame as well so it's like a mirror so usually for me when things are happening externally there's definitely internal problems as well so I've had quite a really interesting week and I thought I would share with you what I've learned for myself and how you might also find that helpful and relevant in your life okay so number one blame is an excellent defense mechanism so whether you want to call it projection, denial, displacement, it doesn't really matter. But blame helps us preserve our sense of self-esteem by avoiding awareness of our own flaws or failings. Now for me that was very difficult because over the last um, six or seven years I my husband tells me that I make personal development an extreme sport. So for me it was very difficult to realise that I'm, I still do... Um, hold a place of blame in some situations but it was a way of for for me to avoid awareness of my own flaws and in, in, in that situation my own feelings it was it was easy for me it's easier to blame other people than it is to admit that you are wrong and that you need to be vulnerable and step into a place of saying sorry and realizing that you said you said or you acted in a way that perhaps wasn't um, as honourable as it should have been. So that I find that really interesting. Number two, I thought about a way that is 
I've not found that I've done this, but I have had this done to me um, recently, is that you blame to hurt others. So it's like an attack, um, an attack mode to blame someone else can be very, um, a really good way to hurt other people. Well, you've hurt me, so I'm going to blame you for this. And that's, um, that's quite, a, quite a cutting way to, to act, I think. Number three, it's easier to blame someone else than accept responsibility for your own shortcomings. And when I say it's easier to blame, it really is easier to blame. <laughs> like it's so easy just to be like, it's it's your fault. How dare you um, be late for this thing that we were supposed to do together? And now it's all your fault, and I'm really angry at you, and I'm blaming you for this. And it's easy, or at least it's easy for me, and it's easy for a lot of people that I know to move into a place of blame. It seems to be culturally a way that. Um, people just act and there's no judgment in that for me it's just like a, a deep realization that blame is a pernicious ill wind in our culture so it's way less effort it takes way less effort to blame someone else and it takes even less way less emotional intelligence to just blame someone else or something else for our problems or the things that have gone wrong in that moment Now this next one, number four, is a really good one. And actually what I'm going to do with number four is I'm going to use it as a way to know when blame has come up for me. So blame feels really righteous. <laughs> like, you know, you feel really good when you're blaming someone else. You know, you're like, you did this. You have done this to me or you have acted in this way that is unacceptable and there's like a lot of blame there. But it's... So there's a difference between blaming someone else for their actions and taking the attention away from your own inner work and having good boundaries. Those are two different things. So you can have good boundaries without blame, but as soon as you bring blame into it, then you fan um, drama. Drama um, is born of blame, I think. So blame feels really righteous and usually results in some sort of dramatic flare up and in that sense of righteousness it always make it also makes you feel superior and elevates you above other people so I'm going to use this as a signpost for me so if I'm feeling righteous or superior then that's me I'm like I'm in a blame space and I'm going to pay really close attention to that for myself um yeah so then five is another really good one for me that I really resonate with that I was thinking about and blame means that you don't have to be vulnerable. So if we're not accountable, then we don't have to be vulnerable. If we blame someone else for a situation or something else for a situation, it's not our fault. We don't need to face anything. We don't need to say sorry. We don't need to be accountable for our actions. And we don't need to be vulnerable and say, look, I, I really acted in a, the wrong way there and I'm really sorry for that. It's hard for us to admit our feelings and it's hard for us to step into a place of apology, especially when the culture of blame is really strong and it might be that you step into that place of apology and, you know, that the understanding from the other person just doesn't come and they continue to blame you. That's really hard to do. 
but we all have to start somewhere. We have to start to change the habit somehow. So that's my pledge to myself, is to remove as much blame from the way that I interact with other people as possible and be vulnerable and accountable for my actions. And I would say that I, I thought that I was really vulnerable and that I was really accountable for my, for my actions. And I think that I really have come a long way and I, and, I, and I am that. But there's always another layer. I think that's the important thing that I've, that, I mean, I know it and you know it, but it's nice to be reminded there's always another layer there. So there's a new layer of vulnerability and accountability that I'm kind of stepping into right now and it, and it feels good. It feels really freeing. And, you know, in Horse Month, the, the, the month of freedom, it feels really free, freeing to be, you know, stepping out of that place. So number six, blaming others gives you control of the story. So by not blaming others means that we have to listen to all sides of the story. And we can't control all sides of the story. We can't control what everybody else thinks, says or does. And for some of us, that's quite scary. So by blaming other people, you have complete control of the narrative. And then number seven, blame is a... This is not one that I experience myself now because I am very good at communicating my needs and communicating my boundaries. But in the past, I have used blame as a way to unload my backed up feelings. So by never getting upset or never being able to clearly communicate my needs or my boundaries, you know, things would just build up inside. And then when anything went wrong, the blame was a great release valve. That right, you know, number four, that righteous blame. How dare you? How simply dare you? You know, and it's just like, it's a wonderful way to be angry and blame other people for what goes on and unload all those backed up feelings so sometimes blame if if we are in a, a place of blame and the blame emotional driver seems very high and disproportionate to the situation at hand then perhaps there's a lot of backed up feelings in there that haven't been dealt with and that it's an encouragement to deal with our feelings at the time you know be honest in the moment say what we need to say when we need to say it um, and that takes time and practice for those of us who don't who didn't well, didn't know how to do that in the past and obviously we're, we're all still learning but I would encourage anybody who moves who gets so um, overwhelmingly angry or upset or disproportionately disproportionately negatively affected by a situation have a look at how we deal with feelings and moments so they don't back up and end up overflowing like that. So those, those are just some of the ways that we use blame. And as always, you know, we're really moving into a, and staying in a place of compassion with this. Because for me, um, I think if I had realised this about myself a few years ago, I would have moved into a place of shame. And I'm not in a place of shame. I'm in a place of, actually, of excitement. Because it's just another layer. It's just another thing that I can now say, great, I can work on this. I can work with it and I can remove it from my life. And I can feel that sense of deep freedom when I do that. 
Okay, so next what we're going to think about is what we lose out on when we are in, a, in the blame game. So what I realise is that actually blame is a defence. But spending time constantly in a space of blame really does leave us shut off to our own lessons and our own growth opportunities. So if you find yourself in a place of blaming others or other things for your problems, then um, just know that it's shutting off opportunities for you. So you really do lose out on that on those possibilities. Number two, by blaming everyone or everything else for your problems, you're making yourself powerless. So this is one thing I would say that I don't do, but on reflection, on meditation and on journeying, I realise that this is very true of a lot of people that I have interacted with. So by blaming everyone else, you become powerless. Because if things are always other people's fault, that means that you think you have no power to change anything as other people hold the reins. So blame equals powerlessness. And I thought that was a really big one. Because when you're in the victim space, oh, woe is me, everything happens to me, it's their fault, they didn't call me, they didn't tell me, the gas man was late, um, you know, you got really angry and upset me, and that's what made me get really upset. Or, you know, a partner doesn't do what they said they were going to do when they said they were going to do it. Those are all things that we can have boundaries about, probably. Well, definitely. You can have boundaries, but you can have boundaries without blame. And you can put yourself in a position of personal power to say, this is unacceptable for me. I understand why that is the case and I love you unconditionally. But this is a, this is a boundary that I would prefer that you didn't cross. And then you can begin to change the narrative around it and change the story. And you're not, and by blaming other people, you're also making, probably making them quite powerless as well. So it makes it really difficult for people to go through a transformation and to work on the things that they need to work on when they carry the weight of someone else's blame all the time. So number three. So you avoid speaking truthfully about how you feel and accepting and listening to how others feel. So by blaming others, we're constantly sidestepping the powerful, vulnerable process of communication, which also means it makes it really difficult to feel empathy for other people. So when you avoid speaking truthfully about how you feel so again, this goes back to blame means that you don't have to be vulnerable and unaccountable. But what that means is you're sidestepping that kind of like deep place of communication and then understanding of, of others. And how can we like have effective, deep, meaningful, powerful relationships with others when we're in a place of blame? It's It's impossible to do that. And what's really interesting with, with the process of blame is that as I go through this, it sounds like I've been in a place of blame all the time and I haven't. I'm very actually very rarely in a place of blame. But what what is true is that when I'm quite stressed out or things trigger my trauma, 
then I move into a place of blame because I, I'm I'm just not I'm just not able to cope with the situation, and blame shuts it down, and it means I don't have to be vulnerable in my trauma, and that's not good. <laughs> it's not a good thing. So for me, I am going to really work hard to speak truthfully in every moment, even when I am stressed out and upset and my fight or flight's been triggered and I, and I feel really fuzzy about how to communicate, I'm going to still try my best and if I don't manage then I'm going to say something like, I'm in a place of blame right now and I can't have this conversation, please can I come back, please can we come back to it later when I feel able to do it justice. And I've kind of touched on this already, number four. So, healthy relationships will not thrive in a culture of blame. And blame, blaming others as a way of putting people down is really natural sometimes. But it's also a really great way to push people away in an effort to avoid the pain of facing what's within us. So when you're pushing people away by blaming them for things... It's very difficult to be in a wholesome, healthy relationship. Lots of things build a healthy relationship. But it would be very, very difficult to um, have a healthy relationship if you do everything else right. All the, other, all the things that all the books say, except you blame each other for things. You would still have... A, it would still be a very difficult relationship. It's... It, you know, that's a really powerful thing to be able to do is not blame other not blame your partner or your friends for things that um we should be working on ourselves. And then number five, blame is contagious. It seeps out like a virus and it spreads the tendency to avoid responsibility. So what I found and when I realised that I look through my life different groups of people that I've worked with or either worked with, companies I've worked with, and I've worked with a lot of different companies um, in my previous life as an accountant. And what I see is blame, the culture of blame is so contagious. As soon as somebody starts the blame game and it's not shut down by the head of a team or the head of a company, then it absolutely spreads through the company and it's, it's horrible. And it's really difficult to overcome, actually. But it's not impossible. It also seeps through families. And it's interesting spending time with kids in my family and kids in other people's families. And there's a lot of strange... Um, and this is me just spitballing. I'm by no means a child psychologist. But what I've noticed is that children tend to be very blamey. He said this, she did that. Um, he's got more than me, why does, you know, like that kind of weird competition thing that they do. And what struck me is that children are like sponges, we all know that. Children just soak up what we put out. And I think that this culture of blame is everywhere to a greater or lesser degree. And I think a lot of that does affect the way that children communicate and, and the way that they grow and then they become blamers themselves. So I think that blame being really contagious is something to remember and something that I pledge after this week to remove from the way that I communicate and interact with others. And of course, 
um that sounds like i'm just gonna sweep it all away and it's all gonna be fine but i'm sure i'll still do it sometimes it's 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 a deep-rooted overwhelmingly um kind of losing my words because i just i'm trying to really express how deep this goes and my psyche and then the ancestral lines that that are connected to me and I'm not suggesting that it'll go away overnight but what I can see so far is that it is very much better than it used to be but that doesn't mean that it's not there and it doesn't mean that I'm not going to still work with it and it doesn't mean that I'm not still going to admit it to myself and be vulnerable about it and say you know, this is something that I need to work on. So I'm dropping blame. And I invite everybody who's listening to this podcast to consider dropping blame from their lives or start the process of recognising that when you do it so that you can start to, to drop it from your life. And the other thing about blame that I've put in its whole own category, and I've mentioned this already, is is about drama and people thrive on drama I, I know i used to thrive on drama that was quite a sweeping statement wasn't it people thrive on drama so that i'm going to retract that silly sweeping statement i just made and i'm going to say some people thrive on drama and i know <clears throat> excuse me that i definitely definitely spent a lot of my life thriving on drama <laughs> so much so, when the situation happened this week at home, as soon as I spent some time in Germany space asking for guidance and realised that blame was at the heart of the situation, and not just from me, just from everybody, and as soon as I felt that being removed, the drama just went away nothing seemed so bad everything seemed okay I was able to be deeply compassionate for the situation and deeply understanding actually as well so if there's a lot of drama in your life I'm wondering if blame is in there too because after a very powerful journey and experience that I've had this week I genuinely believe that blame, the winds of blame is what fans drama and without blame drama can't find momentum so I'm going to leave you with that thought and I'm going to invite you now to go off and find a pen and a piece of paper and maybe pause the the podcast just for a few minutes to think about the winds of blame and how they affect your life, how they might affect you, both from you and to you from others as well. And then after the after this, the next section we'll move on to actions, things that we can do to really start to find freedom from the winds of blame. 
Hi and welcome back. So we're now on to our journey and activities part of the, this week's podcast, Podcast 36. And as always, if you want to read about the activities in more detail, you can find those at the show notes, centreforshamanism.com forward slash 36. Three six. So the first piece of work that I'd like you to do today is all about identifying the blame game in our lives. And for people who have never done this work before, it might be, it actually might be easier for you because you've not really thought about it before. So you might do it more regularly, say, than if people who have worked with it before and are now doing it a lot less. And I'm not sure, but for some of us, it'll be easier than others. But I'd like everybody to really think carefully about when we blame other people. And if you struggle to think about any time that you blame others for things, then think about when you feel really anxious, not anxious, sorry, that's the wrong word, when you feel really righteous or really angry or you have generally you have negative emotions. So that can be when you're driving to work and somebody is driving really slowly and makes you late for work and you blame them for that. That's a thing, that is one thing you could put on the list. Or, for example, your partner said that they were going to do something or they were going to stop and buy something for dinner on the way home for work and didn't. Um, they forgot. And you blame them for that. You feel really angry at them for that. That's something that you could write on the list. When somebody triggers something in you that makes you feel really bad and you blame blame them for that, that can go on the list. When somebody at work doesn't do their job properly and it makes your life more difficult and you blame them for that that's that can go on the list so there's lots and lots of different ways that we blame people for things and then what I'd like you to do with that information is I'd like you to do a journey with your guides and your guides will take you to either the upper middle or lower worlds um, and just let your guides decide the best place to go for this journey and ask to know what it feels like to live without blaming others. Okay. Ask what it feels like to live without blaming others. So that's one one part of the exercise today. And what I'd like to remind everybody as well, I don't feel like I laboured the point enough in the previous part of the podcast, is that we're removing blame we're removing the um, the defence mechanism. We're removing the need to hurt other people. We're removing the need to um, avoid taking personal responsibility. We're avoiding making ourselves feel superior to other people. And we're avoiding the need to um, not be accountable or vulnerable. We're giving up control and we are um, regaining a balance and a freedom in our life. But what we're not doing is we're not getting rid of our boundaries. We're not saying when you don't blame someone for something that you can't let someone know that that's still not okay. And yes, that's a very fine line. And I'm right in the middle of it right now. So hopefully what I'm saying makes <laughs> makes sense. But you can say to the partner who forgot the food, for example, without blame, without feeling bl- like you've done this to me, you've made me feel really bad, you don't care, you always forget what's wrong with you. 
So instead of moving into that space, we move into a space of, okay, I feel, so we use I language, I feel a little upset right now that you forgot about that, but I understand that you've had a really hard day and that you, um, you're you just doing your best, the same as I am. What, what can we do to make things easier for you so that you can remember the next time I ask you to do that? How can we solve this problem together? Because it's still not okay that you forgot, but we're, you know, you guys are on the same team, so you could you can work that out together, and it's it's that's one way to do it. The other thing about the blame game is not taking things personally as well. So like if it's something that happens at work and somebody's not doing their job correctly, and you take that really personally and it really upsets upsets you and you blame them for that, then it's very difficult to move, it's very difficult to figure out what to do with that. How can you go to your boss when you're feeling blamey? And I mean, with all due respect to all of us, I've been in this place myself, a bit tantrumy, frankly, that this person just can't do what they're supposed to do. And it makes your life really difficult. You know, if you take that energy into a meeting with your boss, they're probably going to shut down. It's really difficult to deal with somebody who's being, who's be, who's in the blame space. But if you were to change your attitude about that and change the, the take the blame out of it and go to your superior and say, this is having a knock-on effect on productivity, this is having a knock-on effect on, um, I don't know, X, Y or Z, I'm happy to work with the person to, or I'm happy to work together to resolve this issue. Perhaps there's something going on with this person that we don't know about. Maybe they're having problems at home. You know, there can be lots of different reasons. But it means that what you can do is you can have an, a, a certain amount of emotional intelligence when you go into a meeting about the issue. So as part of this activities and actions part of the podcast, it's really important to remember that removing blame does not mean removing boundaries. So I want to make that really, really clear. But what remo- removing blame does is makes having um, strong emotionally intelligent boundaries much easier actually so I really wanted to add that bit in okay so the second activity which I think I really did find really useful this weekend was um, go on a journey with your guides and again they'll take you to whatever world is um, that they think is best for this and ask to be shown the energetic effects of blame on you and on others. So you're going to ask to be shown the energetic effects of blame on you and on others. And then you're going to ask in the same journey for either a healing or an action to take to begin to escape the habit of blame. Okay? And then put that, if you're given an action, please put that into act into action okay now the other thing about these activities and journeys that we've been doing is I had a couple of questions one of the questions was what world do I go to and I will sometimes tell you what world to go to if that's my guidance and sometimes I won't and your guides will always know where to go for this and sometimes people don't know what world they're in they just find themselves somewhere and that's okay too like I say there's no right or wrong way and the upper 
middle and lower worlds are there as a map for you. So if your guides feel like you don't need a map and you just end up somewhere, as long as you're with your guides and you've followed all the guiding principles of shamanism, then you'll be absolutely fine. You don't need to know what world you're in. So hopefully that kind of makes it a little bit less stressful for some people who have been asking me about that. What I'd also like to encourage you to do is if you have a journey, then go to our Facebook group and share your journey. And then I will be able to, if you're struggling to understand it yourself, and then I'll be able to give you some guidance about how to interpret that journey. Because interpreting journeys is a real skill. And I like to think about journeys like fairy tales. What is the moral of the story? And it takes practice to um, start to unravel and unpick the types of things that we feel, know, see, taste, hear, sense in our journeys. So if anybody's struggling with their journeys and wants to share and ask for help to understand what's happening within their journeys, then I really encourage you to go into the Shaman Talk Facebook group and share your journey there and then I'll be able to help you to um, unravel and unpick what that means. So if there's anything that goes on in your journeys that you are really you feel is really private but you'd still like help with, you can email me as well, rhonda at centreforshamanism.com and that will also be totally fine. Um, but what I would like to do is I get a lot of emails every week with people asking about how to interpret their journeys and I really love to answer those questions but it would be really good to, to move that more into the group because then other people can see how to do that and you'll be able to see a lot more different journeys as well and how those can be interpreted so it means that there's a lot there's a broader um, sharing of information and a broader learning opportunity for everybody so if everybody's okay with that it'd be great if you could go into the group and start to share some of the things that you're experiencing if you've got questions and we can answer them there so everything I've talked about today will be in the show notes, as always, centreforshamanism.com forward slash 36. And I'd like to acknowledge and thank the experiences I've had this week. Um, they've been difficult, but really wonderful. Um, and I'd like to thank the spirit of horse who's, hold, who's holding us this month. And that kind of... The spirit, the spirit of horse really, really bringing forward that feeling of freedom and I really really feel free now after having this um, information gifted to me by spirit so hopefully you guys can resonate with some of the things I've said and find a similar freedom so much love everybody, thank you so much for listening and I'll see you all same time, same place next week. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I really appreciate it. If you're loving the messages and loving listening to this podcast, then pop over to centreforshamanism.com forward slash subscribe and sign up to our mailing list. Mm-hmm.